This is Elvis Presley, brought to you by Ellipsism. So, Worm, welcome back to Ellipsism. How have you been? Tired. Me too. Don't do too much. Worm and I uh, went on vacation a little bit ago, and we were gone for like almost two weeks. It's been rough getting back to our sad, boring lives. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did miss it for a minute, and then I realized I also missed the trip. Yeah. That's like the one thing I'm struggling with is I'm like, man, I missed being home, but I also miss not having responsibilities for a few days. I think it was, not to put them on blast, but forks can get kind of boring after three days of being there. We weren't even there three full days. <laughs> we were there like two. <laughs> but- I think for how boring it gets, uh, home wasn't as boring. But, so, but you get back to it and you get used to being bored again. Yeah, once you get back in your rhythm after a while. We did a lot. It was a lot. It was fun. We did do a lot. Um, Worm and I have been very busy lately. We went to San Francisco. We went up to... Uh, where else did we go? We went to Del Norte in California. Excuse me. Uh- Oh, I'm a mess right now. <laughs> um, we went up to Del Norte right outside of the Redwood Forest. We went and stayed on my aunt's farm. Um, and then we went to Newport, got really drunk at three in the afternoon. <laughs> you did? Dude, I was gone. It was that really strong drink. You remember? Because I got that lemon drop and you got that gross tasting one. Oh yeah, the, yeah, dude. The... Those got us fucked up. We, you and I, both were like, Miranda, you need to drive. <laughs> <laughs> it was one drink too. The moment I stepped outside, though, it was like fresh air again. But yeah. sitting in kind of a hot restaurant, restaurant yeah. It was good food though. It was okay. Yeah, though. I'm not gonna say what it was. Oh, it was, it was just kind of <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not tell him. But it was it was scrumptiousliumptious. That was a. I don't remember what I got, but I know it was good. Oh, I got all that fucking, uh, no, it wasn't all that fried food. That was at, in San Francisco. Yeah. That place was delicious. That place was so good. Oh my God. I keep thinking about the food. Like those people are really spoiled out there. Gained 20 pounds on the trip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of (laughs) walked it all off. I haven't gotten on a scale. I think I'm vibing. What was I going to say? Another place we went to. We obviously went up to Forks, Washington, to the Twilight Town. We went to Twilight Museum. That was interesting. That was fun. Meant Chuck Esme. (laughs) And then, oh, you left out the best part. You left out the part where we sat in the hotel room for like 15 hours just binging Twilight. (laughs) We did everything. All the movies. We did everything the first day. (laughs) Because we thought, we really thought that this town was going to be like a little bit bigger and like more stuff to do. We were wrong. We were very wrong. We did not need four days out there. And it might just be because we didn't do enough research on the town. Maybe there was more. But visually where we were, there wasn't a lot. Yeah. Very middle of nowhere town. Love the weather though. Oh my god. When I came back here, I was so mad. I was like, I could... I was just mad. I was like, man, I could have been sitting in no more than 70 degree weather and I got to come back to this desert ass state. Mm-hmm. I've been sneezing. I've been. My... What is what is a. What is this called again? A migraine? No. Congestion? Well, yeah, I've been kind of congested, but I can't think of the word. Just. Uh... My asthma came back. It was gone for a few days. It felt great. I could breathe. I mean, we could live in Washington. Miranda's allergic to San Francisco. I'm allergic to Oregon. Anyways, uh, today we're going to be talking about Elvis Presley, the most one of the most controversial musicians, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. I'll start off with saying I'm... I'm well... You know, I'll save opinions to the last, to the end. Okay. Okay. 
So, as we all know, Elvis was supposed to have a twin brother, but on January 8th, 1935, Gladys Presley, his mother, only gave birth to one healthy baby. His brother, Jesse, was stillborn. Uh, Elvis would go on to be their only child, and they grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. For most of his childhood, he and his parents lived in what's called like a shotgun house, which is basically where you can see the back door of the house from the front door. Um, His father and grandfather built that house, and this was in the middle of the Great Depression, so things were extremely tight when it came to money at this point. They eventually lost the shotgun house in 1938, though, uh, because Elvis's father and two other men were arrested for trying to pass a forged $4 check. Eventually, they ended up serving eight months in jail. Um, Elvis and his mother had to move in with some relatives at this time because the dad was the breadwinner. Uh, Elvis would go on to talk about later in his life how his father's imprisonment was very traumatic to him, being a three-year-old having that happen in very simpler times. Now it's like someone's dad goes to jail. It's like, oh, that sucks. Dads will be dads. Dads will be dads. Not my dad, though. (laughs) (sighs) You lucky bitch. (laughs) Um... My dad is not in jail. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah, he's just. That. <laughs> That's it. He just got a bad dad. In my mind, he's in jail. We can share my dad. Okay. My dad's cool. Yeah. I have a lot of adopted dads. <laughs> so back to the story. Um, Elvis was only about three years old at the time when that happened. According to one of Elvis's cousin, he cousins, he would sit on the porch just quote unquote crying his eyes out for his dad to come home. Often, Elvis and Gladys took the bunt took the bus to Parchman on the weekends to visit his father in jail. Um, around 1946 is when Elvis got his first guitar, as it's known. When Elvis wanted a bicycle, his mother talked him into a less expensive item at the time because she was just worried about his safety and very much helicopter parent. Um, they settled on a guitar for $12.95. I don't know what that is in today's money, but... So Elvis began taking his guitar to school with him every single day. He would play gospel music for all of his friends, as it's been said. Um, In 1948, they moved to Memphis, Tennessee, where they found a small apartment downtown thanks to a little government assistance. He made a lot of friends in the town because it was so full of music and other young people around his age who were interested in the same things as he was. So he made friends extremely easily. Um, In his high school years, his parents were constantly between jobs, so Elvis got a few jobs to help them out financially. Back in high school, the movie Rebel Without a Cause was one of his favorite movies, and he was known to take after James Dean and stood out style-wise. He grew his hair out, slicked it back, wore pants with stripes on them. All the edgy shit you could possibly do back in the day. Um... So Elvis spent a lot of time on Beale Street where he would go shopping or listen to the music being played in different shops all around the town. Um, All throughout high school, Elvis took more guitar lessons and he kept up with his guitar teacher and played in his band even. He had a steady girlfriend and worked some odd jobs after school and in the summers. A friend of Elvis described him as voracious, voracious reader. Very spiritual and a lovable rebel. So Elvis had a really weird relationship with his mother uh, to the point some people actually thought that they were a little too close and even had sex together. But that rumor kind of depends on just who you talk to and really it's all just rumor based and it's never been confirmed. Is this the 60s by now or is it Um, late 50s? Late 50s, I think. Is it a rumor? I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, So an ex-girlfriend even said that Elvis and his mother had a weird language of their own and even called each other an array of pet names. And Priscilla said that she was never the number one girl in his life compared to his mother. Coming from a lot, from his child bride, only wife. Because Elvis never got remarried. Did they split? Or like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... um. There's a part that I'm going to get to where it'll explain, like, 
everything that happened between Elvis and Priscilla. It gets into some weird stuff. Because right now we're just kind of going over like the basic knowledge and then we're going to really get into like the good stuff in a minute. So how he became famous was in, in 1953, around August, uh, Presley checked into the offices of Memphis Recording Service, which was run by a man named Sam Phillips, Phillips before he started his own Sun Records. Elvis aimed to pay for just a few minutes of the studio time to record a two-sided record with the songs My Happiness and That's When Your Heartache Begins. He went on to later claim that he intended to record this as a birthday gift for his mother or that he was merely interested in kind of just figuring out what he might sound like, basically. Um, even though he was considered an amateur singer, he went to a more higher like more highly rated recording service, basic recording studio, basically. Um, in 1954, producer Sam Phillips at Sun Records, which was the local blues radio blues label <laughs> at the time, uh, he was the very first person to ever record Elvis Presley, basically. Which super fans get very excited to know that. I'm not a super Elvis fan, but I like the tea. I like the drama thought came and gone no i'll just wait to say my opinion at the end I, i'm trying to i'm trying to <laughs> worm cannot stand elvis <laughs> we were supposed to do this episode on a different topic but then i realized i left out a lot in that research so worm's probably salty with me i'm making them do elvis i'm just doing now isn't it was inevitable <laughs> so we were gonna cover it eventually we're going over all of history everything so but and- teachers you got us no <laughs> we, we could be wrong we could be wrong no, we mind you do- we are just some 20 something year olds doing research for fun because we have nothing else to do yeah. i didn't do this in high school so we'll see how good i am now dude i think just history is just cool in general but anyways when sam phillips responded to presley's audition tape it was with a phone call and several weeks of recording sessions which were brought together with a band consisting of obviously Elvis, his guitarist, Scotty Moore, bassist, Bill Black. And it wasn't until 1955, actually, that their drummer, DJ Fontana, joined uh, their band. So I guess they were just drumless for a hot minute. Um, in 1954, when they cut a second record at Sun Records, um, named I'll Never Stand in Your Way and It Wouldn't Be the Same Without You, but nothing really came of those recording sessions. Why do people want to live in the 50s? Like, you know those people where they're like, if I could live in any generation, it would be the 50s. I I would never go in the past. No? Maybe to, like, ancient Greece. That would be fun. Other than that. Not the, uh distant past dude we all know if i had a time machine i would go back to dl of pass and try to figure out what the hell happened Mm -hmm. that is my favorite case and a mystery that i feel like needs to be solved will it change anything about our timeline no is it just nice to know what happened to these nine hikers yes so (laughs) (laughs) anyways um Later that year, they held a session on the evening of July 5th, um, claiming that it was entirely useless until later in that night, as they were about to just completely abort the whole project and go home. Presley ended up taking his guitar and launched into a 1946 blues number. Uh, it was Arthur C- Crudup's That's All Right. Scotty Moore, their guitarist, recalled that all of a sudden Elvis just started singing this song, jumping around and acting like a fool. And then Bill picked up his bass and he started acting a fool, too. I started playing with them. Sam, I think, had the door open to the control booth. He stuck his head out and said, what are you doing? And we said, we don't know. Well, back it up, he said. Try to find a place to start and do it again. Phillips began taping. This was one of the sounds that he had been looking for. So basically, they finally had the sound that they were looking for. Uh, RCA Victor, the records label, 
acquired his acquired Presley's contract in a deal arranged by Colonel Tom Parker, who would manage him for just a little over 20 years. Uh, those two actually ended up meeting by chance when Tom Parker had seen Elvis perform in 1954. When Elvis and he met up, so he met Elvis backstage, basically. Um, his manager at the time, Bob Neal, knew that he knew Parker, who had many connections in the entertainment business, and he could take Elvis to the next level is basically what they were talking about. They wanted Elvis and the promoter to meet. So his first uh, RCA Victor single was Heartbreak Hotel, which is one of his most famous songs to this day, continuously. It was almost an instant number one hit in the United States at this time, basically. Uh, Within a year, RCA would sell 10 million Presley singles. Just one song. Like, it blows my mind how big the music industry has become to the point where it's like, that's nothing. But at the same time, that is a lot, too. For early stages, right? Oh. This is still... Yeah, this is still like when the radio is first coming out. I, I meant not of society. I meant of his career. Yeah. <laughs> early stages of society. Radios. <laughs> radio started societies. Well, I thought we were still talking about music, and I was like, no. Yeah. Music is old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just met Elvis. <laughs> Societies, radios. <laughs> so they had, they went on to have a few successful network televi- television appearances and they were chop- topping the charts with the record sales. And that eventually made it out to where Elvis was the leading figure of the newly popular sound of rock and roll. His performance style and promotion of the then-marginalized sound of African Americans led to him being widely widely considered a threat to the quote-unquote moral well-being of white kids. And then, just as a side note alone, Elvis had 150 different albums and singles that have all been certified gold, platinum, or multi-platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, the RIAA. 150? 150 different albums. And such. Dude, back in the day, they used to record the hell out of musicians, basically to the point that they had, like, nothing left to give. Say ten songs an album, right? Yeah. That's, like, 15 albums. There's 150 albums, right? Yeah. So, figuratively, each album has ten, 10 times 10 is 100, that would be an additional 5, 15. I think you're doing your maths wrong. Take the fi- take the 150 <laughs> and times that by 10. I do accounting for a living. <laughs> I really rely on my calculator for everything. That's a, yeah, 15, 1,500. 1,500 songs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how do I have a job? And accounting. <laughs> I work with adding and subtracting all day, too. <laughs> oh so now that we've established that... Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. So the man... Ba- this man is extremely controversial, but he knew how to sing, and that's not a, really a doubt. He is an extremely terrible person, but he did have a good voice. Um, 1956 was a huge year for Elvis because he made his network television debut with the first of his six appearances on the show Stage Show. It was a weekly variety program, basically, where they just showed a whole bunch of random stuff. Uh, he followed these two appearances on the Milton Berlow show, the second of which included his uh, classic performance uh, of Hound Dog. It was so provocative that it basically caused a nationwide scandal. Do you know how, like, conservative early America was that this made a scandal? It was also stolen. Sorry. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. 
So Ed Sullivan was once quoted to be saying how he would never allow Elvis on a show. But once another show who was in competition with the Ed Sullivan show had Elvis appear and it surpassed him in ratings for one of the few times that that show was ever really surpassed in ratings. Uh, when Elvis, he paid Elvis 50 grand to make three appearances on a show in 1957, which was at the time more money than any performer had ever been paid to appear on a network variety TV show. Um, at one point I was trying to look up like what that money was in today's money, but I just kept getting mad because it was so much money. <laughs> oh, this is so much math. Not kidding, both. Not it was both, honestly. Everyone knows I'm not good at math. Never have been. Never will be. I'm convinced. I think we spiked laughing at you. That's okay. <laughs> Fix it in post. So Elvis's next show was the network television appearance in 1960 when Frank Sinatra gave his own variety show a Welcome Home Elvis theme to uh, Elvis's return from the army. And he was paid $125,000 to appear. Just to show up. Not even do anything. Just to show up, he was paid that much money. I want to say that's maybe around $100,000. That's got to be more. I mean... What year again? 1960. In November 1956, Elvis made his first film debut in the movie Love Me Tender. Following the movie in 1957, the only time he really left the States was to perform sh three shows in Canada, and that was even in 1957. So, basically, he got famous, went to war, and came back at this point. His manager was actually known to be not technically a citizen of the United States. He never filed for his green card or anything. I think he moved over here from, like, Belgium, I want to say. I wrote this out this outline a long time ago, and I don't remember all the facts, so we're learning as we go today. Um, but basically, because his manager didn't have a green card, he never allowed Elvis to travel to the other countries for shows. But, I mean, Elvis is world-renowned, so it didn't really diminish his success. Soon after his international tour, he was drafted into the military service in 1958. After he got out of the military, he relaunched his recording career two years later with some of his most successful work. He held a few concerts. However, because of uh, his manager, Tom Parker, Elvis devoted most of the 1960s to making Hollywood films and soundtrack albums. He went into star in 31 feature films as an actor and two theatrically released concert documentary films, all of which he enjoyed all of the financial success from that. That was a fat paycheck for that man at that time. For a number of years, he was one of Hollywood's top box office draws and one of its highest paid actors. All because he was pretty. Debatable. He was a, he was a good looking man. Um, I didn't know he was one of the top actors. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a single one of his and they mainly cast him in these movies because he was good looking and would get views. Hollywood. Yep. Uh, so his two most critically acclaimed films, which was Jailhouse Rock of 1957 and King Kroll in 1958, 11 of his movie soundtracks went up to the top 10 and four of them went to number one for a little while. After he had taken over the 60s with his movies, he went on to have his own TV show just named Elvis. That was in 1968, and it's still one of the most critically acclaimed music shows of all time. Elvis Aloha from Hawaii via satellite in his 1973 special was seen by more than 40 countries and a billion people. Um, and it made television history, honestly. Uh, it was seen on television in more American homes than the man's first walk on the moon, which was in 1969. Can you imagine being the first man on the moon? Like Neil Armstrong and Neil Armstrong's like, are you are you serious? Don't worry, it was fake too. <laughs> we'll get to that in another episode. I don't think I truly believe that. I'll put that out there first before I do the research that I'm standing on the side that it is real. So <laughs> we'll get into the moon later. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> His other show, Elvis in Concert, in 1977, was also one of the most highly watched shows of its time. After his movies and TV shows were done, he went back to this. He went back to performing, and he ended up opening at the International Hotel in Las Vegas in the summer of 1969 for a four-week, 57-show engagement. Thirty days in a month, 57 shows. That's almost two shows a day. Different locations. No, in the same place. Oh, continues. Yeah, oh. 57 days. Or 57 performances in 30 days. Do like, what is it? Does it cover now? Ensemble? Yeah, he had an ensemble too. So he was performing with an entire band. They had to set up and take that down twice a day. Unless they just left all the instruments. But even then, like doing a full like... Because they would do like three hour sets at this time. I cannot imagine singing for six hours of my day. Like continuously. The same... 10 15 songs <sighs> and the highlight of this period was in 1972 when elvis performed four sold out shows at madison square garden this was during his concert years from 1969 to 1977 and he gave nearly 1100 concert performances that's crazy like considering how many musicians we listen to and it's like just an insane amount Imagine the people following him too. Imagine like an insane like like fan that has been to a majority of his concerts too. Yeah, that's crazy. There was not a lot going on in the sixties. No. Well <laughs> There was, but the music industry not too much. But <laughs> Yeah, the music industry was pretty you were very lucky if you got famous at the time. There wasn't a lot going on in the sixties, but it explains the moon landing and stuff. Yep, pretty much. 60s and 70s, not a lot going on. Pretty, pretty boring part in our nation's history. So he's received 14 Grammy nominations from the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, the NARAS. His three wins were for gospel recording the album How Great Thou Art in 1967, the album He Touched Me in 1972, and RCA Victor label and his live Memphis concert recording of the song, how Great Thou Art, in 1974. Um, in 1970, the United States Junior Chamber of Commerce, the Jaycees, named Elvis one of the ten most outstanding young men of the nation, and they presented him on January 16th, 1971, shortly after his 36th birthday. Elvis would describe this as one of his proudest moments, but I don't understand how you're a young man at 36. Especially in the 60s. Yeah. That's not a young man. <laughs> in 2001, Elvis was inducted into the Gospel Music Association's Gospel Music Hall of Fame. And he was the first artist to become a member of all three halls of fames. The rock and roll, the country and gospel. And even after this death, his death, this man is still going on virtual tours. Like, in August, on August 16th, 1997, the Elvis concert of 97 at Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, this concert was the prototype for the 1998-1999-ish touring production of Elvis, the concert. It was a show that accompanied live on stage by over 30 of his performer, former bandmates and the Memphis Symphony Orchestra. Um, as Elvis was played on the big screen, the show played before a crowd of fans who would come to Memphis from around the world to basically celebrate, in a way, the 20th anniversary of his death. He was the first performer to ever headline a concert while no longer being alive. Most recently, the tour was in about 2014 through Europe. So Elvis was a huge threat to the 50s and 60s. His hip-swinging dance moves were considered very provocative and it caused a nationwide scandal. The set for the for his it was basically a set for his place in history for the most part, basically just swinging his hips around. Uh, his performance of Hound Dog drove the people in the audience wild, and it disgusted the press and most the of the adult viewers. It was his appearance on the Milton Berlow show on 1956 that triggered the first controversy of his career. His latest single, Hound Dog. Uh, 
was basically the performance that got everything started. And it was just by the way that he moved his hips. While looking at old videos of it, he was it just looked like he was just feeling the music and vibing. But television critics across the country took real heed to this performance for its appalling lack of musicality, is what they called it, for its vulgarity and animalism. The Catholic Church even takes up the criticism in its weekly organ in a piece headlined, quote, Beware Elvis Presley. It, cons- it, ha- it shows concerns about the juvenile delinquency and the changing moral values of the youth, basically in the 1960s. Well, late 50s. Um, there was another instance where he and his band were caught in the controversy fire again when Elvis and his band had arrived in Jacksonville for their August performance dates. They were basically shown arrest warrants, and he was facing charges of, quote, impairing the morals of minors was included in the war- in the warrants, basically. So if Elvis did any of his hip gyrations during his performance, the judge said he would ensue those warrants and send Elvis straight to jail. It wasn't until after a show in Wisconsin and an urgent message from the local Catholic newspaper that was sent to the fbi director j edgar hoover at the time um it warned that quote presley is a definite danger to the security of the united states and his actions and emotions were such as to arouse the sexual passations of teenage youth after that show more than a thousand teenagers tried to gang into presley's room in the auditorium (laughs) um they just want to jive yeah jive gyrate oh i hate when they use that word to explain like gyrations i hate that word um (laughs) so this is kind of where some of the elvis controversy pokes through because there were these two high school girls and he had signed their abdomen and their thigh with his autograph sure he loved that oh he loved little girls um i don't like the way you said that (laughs) I know the story. Just I the did way say you that said. pretty weird. <laughs> so Elvis, one of the few things that he did really well was his help with vaccines. Um, he came on the Ed Sullivan show in 1956, but he wasn't just there to perform his songs before the show started in front of the press and Ed Sullivan himself. Presley smiled at the crowd, rolled up his sleeve and let a New York state official stick, uh, vaccine stick the polio vaccine in his arm um maybe i like him (laughs) as time would prove children adults and the elderly dying wasn't enough to convince people that the about the polio vaccine (coughs) covid um uh anyways that was a weird that was a weird cough uh but what did prove successful was elvis getting the vaccine in front of millions of people um after he did so vaccination rates actually raised among the youth in over 80% in just six months. So this man had a lot of influence. We're almost done with the boring stuff. I appreciate anyone who's been holding on this long into this episode. I know it's been a rough 40 minutes. Um, We're getting into the good shit now, though. Uh, the music he stole. Elvis is very controversial when it comes to his music style because of his number one song, Nothing But a Hound Dog. But as we all know, it was not originally recorded by him, but from an amazing musician named Ellie Thornton, otherwise known as Big Mama. Hound Dog was originally recorded by her four years prior to Elvis even releasing his version. And in his early days with the label, he covered several R&B hits, including Little Richards, Tutti Frutti, Ray Charles, I've Got a Woman, Joe Turner's Shake, Rattle, and Roll, and his other song, Lottie Miss Claudie, by Lloyd Price. I do want to put more insight on Big Mama for help. Basically, one of the first technical rock and rollers to mm-hmm. help in that whole rock and roll become a thing. Yeah. We respect Big Mama. It's really well known that Elvis got a lot of his music style from R&B singers and nightclubs and was heavily, and I mean heavily, influenced by B.B. King, Little Richard, Fats Domino, Jackson... Tharp, Big Boy, and and even more. Little Richard once argued that he was the rightful heir to the King of Rock and Roll title. Elvis once quoted in Jet Magazine, quote, 
A lot of people seem to think I started this business, but rock and roll was here a long time before I came along. Nobody can sing that kind of music like colored people. Let's face it. I can't sing like Fats Domino. And I know that. But I always liked that kind of music. I used to go to the colored churches when I was a kid and... End quote. He gave his tops off to black musicians, but really didn't do much to help many other careers when it came to promotions, aside from writing some of his songs. Sorry. Is that his quote of him giving credit? Yeah. Yeah. That's the quote that I found. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Because I was trying to do some research on this, and I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe he did help out, you know, that style of music in his career. Nope. Nothing. The most that he would give credit to people of color when it came to his music was basically giving them credits on his albums just writing their name in there yeah like he never had any openers with people of color he never did anything to help further the careers of those trying to make music in the style that was already around he just kind of said thanks and took off so now we're getting to the good part um We're going to be talking about his interest in young teenage girls and his wife, Priscilla. So there's a story that was confirmed by a security guard that Elvis was preying on two 14-year-old girls while on tour. He liked them young. He liked them young enough that they couldn't drive away even if they wanted to. Uh, In Joe Williamson's book, Elvis Presley, A Southern Life, he talks about how Elvis spent time with children. Williamson writes, while on tour, he preyed on three 14-year-old girls who'd pillow fight. I wrote that wrong in my notes. It was actually three. Basically, he had these 14-year-old girls come on his bus. They'd pillow fight, wrestle, tickle, and even kiss him when he was 22 years old. Most people still passionately sing along with his music, but for those who know the inside stories of the king of rock and roll, they would realize it's riddled with stories of how Elvis Presley would exploit underage girls and use his fame to feed his lust for virgins because he's been known to only sleep with virgins. Um, for the six months that Elvis was in Germany while well during his deployment in the, in the late 1950s, if, as, if everyone's keeping up, uh, Priscilla spent nights with him in his bed. Even when Priscilla would beg him, the musician refused to go all the way with her. So he was very, very into foreplay. It was also reported that there was often a third person in Elvis's bed and it was his 19-year-old it was 19-year-old German local German Elizabeth Stefanak Stefiak um Elizabeth was his private secretary and she lived in his house so that Elvis would never have to spend a night alone. That's... Why are you who Where's your wife? Right there too. No, You're I'm not just alone. I'm just thinking so if you're in the army, what army is giving you a secretary? The army. To live with you. You know the Is this what my tax paying dollars are going to? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I bet you're wondering what his relationship with Pril- Priscilla was like. Elvis would play this game, what he called nurse and patient games with her. Quoted, at times, Elvis introduced another girl into the sex scene in his bedroom. In this play, Elvis had Priscilla and the other girls pretend to make love while he watched, filmed, and sometimes joined. Um, end quote. When he was 14, when he was, not 14, when he was 24, what? I got a thought. What's your thought? Why is it always, like, doctors and nurses? Like, always. I don't know. I'm terrified of the hospital. I'll never, I'll never, I don't know. I'd be scared to role play. This, yeah. They're scary. Why is always that? That's it. People need it. Crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we all know, Elvis was 24 years old when he met his wife, Priscilla. And she was just 14 years old at the time. Like, that's insane. Uh, she was the only woman that Elvis would have as his wife for his entire life, basically. As we just said, they met while he was serving in the military in 1959. Right from the first night they spent together, Priscilla wrote in her memoir, quoted Elvis and me. Um, she said that he did everything he could possibly do to, se- to her sexually, except for penetrating her. 
It was only after they got married in 1967, almost like he was desperate to maintain her virginity until then. It was even reported that Elvis installed a two-way mirror in the couple's home in Palm Springs. And basically, um, when he threw lavish parties with showgirls at his house, he could secretly watch couples while they were having sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's too many. There's too many things in the world. Yeah. It's time for another crusade. <laughs> crusade. <sighs> so in 1968, uh, Elvis basically stopped being in love with Priscilla once they had been married about a year and after she gave birth to her daughter, Lisa Marie. The singer once spoke about how he didn't want to marry Priscilla in the first place, and he told Lamar Fike that, quote, he didn't pull out in time, end quote. When he suggested a trial separation to his wife, she was completely shocked by the idea. Priscilla even mentioned before when they were dating that he refused to sleep with any woman who had a child. Priscilla once remembers when she had gotten back from Vegas after meeting her new lover, Mike Stone. Um, so Mike Stone was a karate champion, basically. Priscilla eventually ended up telling Elvis that she was having an affair with someone and wanted to end their marriage. And she said that Elvis was just filled with such jealousy that she quotes, he grabbed me and forcefully made love to me. Priscilla, I think he took advantage of you in yeah. the sexually assaulting way. Maybe no different. Yeah. Saying that he grabbed me and forcefully made love to me. What a guy. Um, Priscilla wrote in her memoir, quote, it was uncomfortable and, and, and unlike any other time we'd ever made, he'd ever made love to me before it wasn't if it was a soul yeah by 1972 elvis and priscilla had already separated and by 1973 they divorced just a couple years after his marriage came to an end elvis was once again in a relationship with a 14 year old he later fell in love with a 21 year old named ginger alden and despite d despite despite his decline in health he actually ended up getting engaged to her and they lived together in 1977, after he exercised years of his sexual appetite and was preying on children, Elvis was found dead in his toilet and Alden was the one who found his body. What goes around com comes around? Can I say that? I don't like yeah. Elvis. I say <laughs> I don't wish death upon anyone at all, but Elvis died. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay like, a, I, I don't know. From this story, I don't like him. I didn't like him before. Mm -hmm. Is is it proven one hundred percent, or this is like a lot of speculation to where it's repeating? It's a bit of both. There's people claiming that this happened, but there's also going to be people being like that didn't happen. So really, it's just kind of whose side you're on with this case when it comes to these things. Well, not these things, but it depends what side of the Elvis lore you're siding with. I don't wish death, but I do wish correct consequences. So if he died due to his actions, then it's justified. justified. That, that's, that's, that's where I stand. So we're going to touch a little bit on how his manager was his downfall. He took over 50% of all of the profits throughout Elvis's career, which is a fuck ton. Like, if he was manager when he got that $125,000, I don't know what the math on it is, but it's a lot. What's the percentage here? 120, 50%. 125. Yeah. Is that $75? Yeah. $75,000. That's still it. <laughs> Ass load of money. Um. <laughs> <sighs> we spike every single time we laugh at your math skills. You know, this is why I dropped out of college. <laughs> Never took geometry. Only got to algebra two. Anyways, back in 1973, the colonel basically put the knife deeper in Elvis's back. He sold back Elvis's El Presley's entire back catalog to RCA for $5.4 million. And to say the least, it was an undervaluation for some of the most substantial catalogs in music history. $5.4 million in 
While you do the math, I'm going to keep reading. How much you can say? 5.4 million. So... There's a story out there where it says that Elvis stopped a show in 1976 to fire Tom. The story goes that Elvis was performing in Las Vegas in 76 when he suddenly stopped the show, walked off stage, and fired Parker. While there are different versions of the story, it's generally agreed that Elvis was fed up with his management style and decided to take matters into his own hands. While it is unclear exactly what happened between the two, after after the firing, they somehow remained friends until Elvis's death in 1977. How sweet. Did you find that number? Just a little bit over 36 million. Oh, I love that. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> 36 million dollars. Thank you. Okay. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> Good night. Uh, anyways, numerous reports have claimed that... So we're getting into the dark side of Elvis right now. Uh Numerous people have claimed that Elvis went as far as drugging Priscilla and spiking her with amphetamines to keep her awake through their, quote, mammoth sex sessions. Allegedly, after being introduced to them in the army during these drugged up sex marathons with Priscilla. Uh, let me clarify that a little better. I wrote that weird in the outline. Uh, basically, Elvis was introduced to these in the army because he couldn't sleep and he wouldn't stay awake during the day. So they just started giving him a bunch of pills. Elvis was also known to take uh, photographs on his Polaroid camera, and he stored in a silver suitcase, and it was delivered to Priscilla after his death. What are the photos? Do you have what the photos consist of? Or it was just uh, yeah, a bunch of nude photographs of Priscilla. But she probably had no idea. Was, was, yeah. 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 This this reminds me of a little bit of Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, with the drugging to try to keep, not keep awake, but have your own sex zombie and the photographs. Maybe that's where Dahmer got his idea. Watched a little too much Elvis growing up. Damn. Well, this information didn't come out well. I think the 60s was just full of drugs and Polaroids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Makes sense. So Elvis purchased his well-known Graceland property for $100,000 in cash. And he convinced Priscilla's parents to let her live with him at Graceland. For years, she lived with Elvis, but their relationship was kept a secret from the press because, like we discussed earlier, she was a child. Um, Elvis finally proposed to Priscilla on Christmas Day in 1966, and there were many stories and rumors that Elvis did not want to marry her, but was forced by her father. Priscilla's father threatened to take criminal action against Elvis because he had taken a minor across state lines. After Elvis had had died priscilla was finally able to open up about him uh, about his darker side he was extremely controlling with her he would tell her what to wear and encourage her to wear a lot of makeup in fact priscilla says that elvis never saw her without makeup and never saw her apply it he only saw the finished product priscilla said that elvis had been paranoid about her getting old and would often slap her forehead if she frowned telling her that she would get wrinkles from frowning Elvis learned of the affair Priscilla was having with her karate teacher and was obviously furious. Um, Elvis and Priscilla were divorced in 1973. Elvis tried to hire a hitman to kill her karate instructor, the affair guy. Um, Elvis was going to go through with this until his friend convinced him to not follow through. And an old girlfriend of Elvis's recalls that his lust for sex and pills was matched with his insatiable appetite for food. Whenever he asked me to cook for him, I made sure to prepare a pound of bacon, a six-egg omelet, five or six pieces of toast. She said it was like cooking for an army, end quote. A devoted a, one of his devoted bodyguards said that he witnessed Elvis harassing and corrupting many young girls by forcing them to fight in the mud, wearing white panties, spying on, a couple, spying on couples who have sex at one of his Hollywood homes, drugging his guests, and has sex with them all night, organizes nude parties by the pool. Uh, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. To be a rock star, right? By definition, drug and... I won't continue that. Yeah, we know where that goes. <laughs> uh, So the author, Joel Williamson, who we talked to earlier, said that Elvis had that group of 14-year-old girls whom he would engage inappropriately with while at Graceland. It went from 
we talked about this earlier, wrestling, pick, pickle fighting, pillow fighting, and kissing. After that does sound fun, though. Pickle fighting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Well, dude, you know what I've been craving? I've been craving deep fried pickles. Oh. Have you ever had deep fried pickles? Yeah, we made deep, deep fried pickles. When? When, you came when, over. when we actually did, like, food once a week? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We had them with the burgers. We should really get back into that. Yeah. <laughs> It's expensive. I was. <laughs> well, I was telling Abby the other day because she was like, "When was the last time you cooked?" Because I made her uh, uh, pork toast with cream of gravy and potatoes, and I was like, "Abby, I have not used this kitchen in a good month and a half. I'm not gonna lie to you." <laughs> we're we're gonna cook more. Back to it. Back to it. So after his split from Priscilla, he was accused of pursuing another teenage girl. In Alana Nash's books, quote, Baby, Let's Play House, Elvis and the Women Who he who Loved Him. And this is via Vice. Uh, she writes that Presley moved on with a 14-year-old girl when he was 35 or 36. Now let's get into the stuff that everyone came here for, which is the conspiracy theories. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah. We're almost there. Are this... we still talking about Elvis? Yeah, or... I think so. Mm. 13 pages on Elvis may have been too many. It was too many. I think it was too many. I think just starting with a... Uh, Four-page intro. Yeah, he, he stole, he drugged, he violated, and that's the end of the episode. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean... Should we have, like, like two-minute episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be like trailers if we do run down and things. Yeah. But still, just like, this is what happened. Uh, that's it. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Here's a fun fact. <laughs> this is an episode of a fun fact. Nothing else. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear more about Elvis. We're almost there. Um, so, on to conspiracy theories. There's a conspiracy theory called The Curse. And it's a theory about his death where his family is cursed because both of his parents died before they turned 65. His mother died at 46, his father 62. And as we all should somewhat know, Elvis died at 42 from cardiac arrest. So the curse starts out by theorizing that because Elvis's twin brother's name was spelt wrong on his grave, that's where it all started. Both of his parents struggled with substance abuse whether it be alcohol or amphetamines. When Elvis was in the army, his mother died from what fans say was a broken heart. But she was also taking a bunch of different substances when she moved to Graceland. Uh, Gladys started popping pills to sleep, to wake up, and greater quantities of vodka to even cope with that. Gladys had three brothers, each of whom who had died in their 40s from heart failure or lung complications. In the recently published biography called Elvis, Destined to Die Young, author Sally Hodel argues the death of Elvis, his mother, and his uncles were likely likely caused by a genetic defect brought on by the incestuous marriage of Elvis's grandparents, who were first cousins. Most recently, Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie, died in January 2023 at the age of 54 from cardiac arrest as well in her home. Um, was this a curse? Probably not. Was it bad genetics? Probably. But Sounds about white. Yeah. Uh, my vote personally is bad personal care, lots of pill addictions to weaken their organs, even more than they already were, and just living overly stressful lives probably didn't help. So it was a genetic condition on top of maybe being drug addicts. What goes around comes around? <laughs> maybe. Another theory that everyone is basically all Elvis fans' favorite is he faked his death and is still alive. This theory takes place all over the world with people constantly claiming to see Elvis. Some believe that Elvis attended his own 82nd birthday. An old man by the name of Bob Joyce with security guards all around him, all gray hair, gray beard, sunglasses, the whole thing. Uh, It was believed to be Elvis. A similarly looking man was seen working as a groundskeeper for Graceland and was also believed to be Elvis. The reason some people believe that he may still be alive is the spelling on his headstone. The enormous headstone reads elvis aaron presley he was a precious gift from god we cherished and loved dearly however as fans know elvis's middle name is spelled aaron with just one a but on the tombstone it has two a's this may have been a reference to his late twin brother jesse garen presley fans have taken this misspelling as a clue pointing towards his survival 
One theory points to FBI involvement and dodging the mafia. Going on to talk about how the theory detailed in her book, uh, Gail explained that Presley was involved with the FBI in the mid-1970s. She explained that Presley was, quote-unquote, enlisted by the FBI and was helping them infiltrate a criminal organization called the Fraternity. Allegedly, this organization was made up of a number of racketeers. Uh, Elvis allegedly volunteered because of his, quote, love of America and respect for the FBI. Although the author continued by adding that Presley was also approached by the fraternity, prompting the FBI's involvement, but the theory goes that when the king was found out to be a mole by the mafia, he was forced to disappear. Citing a number of FBI documents, Gale included, Elvis faked his own death because he was going to be killed and there was no doubt about it. Discussing the same files produced by the FBI agent Patrick Lacey, an Elvis researcher, came to an entirely different conclusion, saying, Those FBI files are available to the public. I have them, he said. Quote, There is nothing in there. And I was reading through some of these documents myself, and there really isn't, like, because that whole theory that I was just talking about was mainly just one lady being like, yes, this is why he's alive. Um, there was just nothing there. There was, uh, some death threats, issues with his plane, and attempted kidnapping that never happened. So, yeah, not a lot on Elvis, and I just went to the FBI website, like, straight to it. Like, there's nothing. That's I think it's a really dumb theory. I think he is alive. I think he's hanging out with Tupac and Michael Jackson. In Brazil? Or Cuba? Yeah, Cuba. 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 Just chilling. That's a weird if, if I were to fake my death, I'm not going to my funeral, and I'm not going to be a groundskeeper. Yeah. When, no. Yeah. But he's alive. <laughs> and if he was, he better watch his back now. <laughs> He'd probably be... He'd be, like, in his 90s by now. He was born in the 30s. Yeah, he did have health conditions. Yeah. So, he's Elvis probably is probably dead, dead now. Yeah. If he was alive... No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He's not anymore. He would have been old. Um. So, one of the newer theories that kind of makes the most sense was that Elvis knew what he was doing when he ended up taking his own life. And Priscilla is actually the one who started this theory because, as she is quoted in a recent interview from the newly released Elvis movie... Uh, quote, he knew what he was doing and people go, why didn't anyone do anything? Well, that's not true. People there in the inner group did, but you did not tell Elvis what to do. You'd have been out of there faster than a scratched cat. They would try and no way. End quote. The theory that Elvis was intent on suicide and had left two notes to the effective shortly before he died. In recently discovered notes to his friend and road manager, Joe Esposito, Elvis wrote, quote, I'm sick and tired of my life. I need a long rest. His stepbrother, Rick Stanley, said, quote, To me, it's a clear indication that suicide was on his mind. But if we're bouncing back to the he's alive theory, there was reports at the time that a black helicopter landed at Graceland just before Elvis's body was discovered. Some has claimed that he was picked up, loaned to Bermuda, faked his own death because he got, up with, got fed up with fame. And that was Elvis Presley. Thank you all for suffering through with us everything's flowing he's coming to get us yeah what's your final thoughts well i think my opinion maybe has changed yeah start. why i don't like him even more yeah that's where my opinion goes it went even further <laughs> yeah he gives what, what uh, he was like bloated and stuff when he died right yeah he just is he, i think he's cursed me and now i feel bloated too I'll watch out for toilets. It's okay. That's what my body dysmorphia tells me I look like. Is like a fat Elvis. <laughs> you, you what? Fallon. No, I was to say you would have been cast. You would have been casted for movies in Hollywood, and then get bloated. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have said all that we can possibly say about Elvis. If you're an Elvis enthusiast, um, I do want to say. I just realized. Yes. That Elvis. This is Elvis. Is Elvis? He'll ever be big, whatever, famous guy. But his legacy started almost a hundred years ago. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. I say legacy as in once you were born, your legacy starts. Not mm -hmm. what you do with your life. Yeah. That's why I believe no one truly 
dies. Mm-hmm. You pass. Your legacy passes. Yeah. Hitler did die, though. Yeah, Hitler's long gone. Hitler's dead. His legacy died. He died. Yep. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, if you enjoyed this episode, or if you absolutely decided that you hate our podcast now, um, feel free to follow us on social media at Ellipsism Pod or Ellipsism Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, hopefully soon TikTok eventually. And that was Elvis, brought to you by Ellipsism. Hope you get home safe. Text us when you're home.